0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Dookie. It is the unofficial end of the summer in my world, but that's okay. That means it's Vikings training camp week. We'll get to plenty of Vikings coverage throughout the next few weeks and months right here on the Scoop Podcast, much like the last few years. Hi, everyone. This is Scoop Podcast episode 245. We'll begin, though, with... Twins reliever Trevor Hildenberger. He was good in 2017, helping the Twins earn a playoff spot. Got called up midway through that season or a little past the midway point. Was so good down the stretch. Then was so good last year, first half. Had hiccups in the second half. Then was so good this year in April. Then had some hiccups in May. Some bad luck on batting average balls in play. He gave up a bunch of runs there in early May. His fastball velocity dipped a little bit. Then the Twins sent him down to Rochester. In mid May. Then, in about mid June, he suffered an injury. So, he's rehabbing right now in Fort Myers. Let's get an update on how Trevor is doing. Here is Trevor Hildenberger. Trevor, I appreciate your time. How about you just pick up your story from the last time we saw you here in the Twin Cities, which would have been mid May? I know you went down to Rochester then you got injured what about three four weeks later now you're rehabbing in fort myers but i guess just pick up your story from the last time we saw you here in the twin cities in mid-may
1: uh yeah i got sent down to rochester in mid-may um pitched a few weeks there was working on a lot of things uh mechanically and with my arm slot um and probably a little bit to my own fault maybe overdid it um throwing a lot before the game pitching in the game regular amount um Developed a little forearm strain and um, thought I could knock it out while I was in Rochester, but had to come down to Fort Myers. Um, The staff down here has been great. Getting me strong and healthy. Uh, Now I'm building back up. Um, Played long toss today. Felt really good. I'm going to continue working and ramping up next week.
0: Nice. So when you're ramping it up next week, I mean, is the short-term goal, I mean, to be back at least with, with the Red Wings here maybe in the next couple weeks?
1: Yeah, that's my goal. Um, I think I'll be getting off the mounds towards the end of next week uh, if everything goes according to plan. Um, And then get some outings under my belt, maybe down here, and then hopefully back in Rochester in uh, August at some point.
0: How frustrating has it been, Trevor?
1: Yeah, it's always frustrating when you're hurt. Um, You want to be helping your team, you want to have um, a good, healthy year. I think. The best ability is availability, um, and then if you're not able to play on the field, it's hard to contribute to your team. So um, being hurt is frustrating, but um, it's part of the game. You kind of have to um, deal with it as it comes, and and hope it doesn't last too long and, and get healthy and strong again.
0: On that point, Trevor, availability. I mean, you pitched so much, in particular last year, but certainly in 2017 as well. I mean any sense that the way they used you last year, all the appearances you made might have something to do with the issues you're dealing with now?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, You know, I made it through last year perfectly healthy. Um, I think I pitched around 70 times, and and the way I was being used this year, I felt great. Um, I think when I was sent down to Rochester and um, was working really hard on the the stuff I needed to work on in order to get back to the big leagues, repeating my delivery, arm saw, having my sinker sink again, um, all those sorts of things. I probably threw too much and uh, put a little too much stress in my body. But before that, I was feeling, I was feeling a-okay although as long as I was in, I was in Minnesota.
0: On all those things you've been working on mechanically or certainly were able to work on before you headed to Fort Myers, I mean, did you feel like you were making progress? And, I mean, do you feel like you pinpointed what the issues were there when you had some of those some of those hiccups in early May up here?
1: Yeah, I did. I did feel like I was um, making progress, and we, we pinpointed what was wrong. You know, one of the pitching coaches in Rochester, Mike McCarthy, um, worked with me heavily in the bullpen about um, – you know, where my hips were in 17 and 18 and, and where they were in 19, which were a little bit different, and my shoulder angle um, towards the plate was a little bit different. And he pointed that out to me both in measurables and metrics through TrackMan and Rob Soto and stuff and also through video. Um, so him and Stu Clyburn and I worked really hard. Um, I was still in contact with Heff and West while I was in Rochester. Um, and they made it clear, like, they made all tools and all data available to me um, it was really a collaborative effort, and I felt like I was was definitely taking steps in the right direction before I went down with this injury.
0: Does it just blow you away? I mean, all the technology, all the information that is available to show you exactly what you need to work on.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think it's a huge advantage. You know, some people might get in their own head about it. I know you can overwhelm yourself with data and uh, video, but for a guy like me who's trying to make adjustments and, and get back to a form where I was having success. Um, it was super helpful. It was, you didn't have to just rely on, on feeling it on intuition and how your body was feeling and how it felt off the on that day. You could actually look at it measurably and say like, Hey, you're, you're rushing a little bit or your front side's flying open or something like that. Um, and this is the, cause and effect. This is the effect it has on your pitches. Like, this is why you aren't repeating the way you used to, or this is why pitches aren't moving the way you want them to, stuff like that. So, um, the technology has been a huge advantage, and, and uh, I can't wait to get back to working on that real baseball stuff And after I'm healthy.
0: Speaking of having just so much information at our fingertips, I did notice that earlier this year your fastball velocity was down. I mean, does that circle back to some of your mechanical – I guess you know the adjustments you make now. I guess the way to put it, Trevor, would be the mechanical adjustments you're making now. Will that allow your fastball to get back to 89, 90 miles per hour?
1: Yeah, that's the goal. I think uh, both movement and velocity were was affected by my mechanics. I think um, it's such an important and delicate kinetic chain from the ground up, um, pitching, especially my delivery. Um, if one thing in that chain is out of whack, or or not in the right timing uh it can have a drastic effect you know a couple inches in your delivery at the mound can have a foot and a half difference when it gets to the plate so um, i believe that was part of it
0: you know or expound on that i mean you know we obviously know about your unique delivery but i mean how much of it is that compared to i mean i don't know let's use like a taylor rogers for example maybe a more conventional You know, delivery. I mean, just how much different is it with your mechanics with your delivery?
1: Um, Some of it's different, some of it's similar. I think, you know, pushing off the mound is really similar, and where your hips want to be is really similar. It's just the shoulder angle might not be something that a guy like Taylor Rogers looks at. Um, But one thing for me is that I don't have overpowering velocity or overpowering stuff that uh, allows you to get away with some mistakes. So I really need to be um, on top of my fastball command and fastball control and movement. Um, When you throw 88, 89, and it's not moving like you want it to, and it's 86, 87 instead, um, 87 flat in the big leagues is is tough to get away with. So I'm trying to get back to that that velo and movement and and command and hopefully get back to getting out.
0: Trevor, we all understand that baseball, a season, is a marathon, not a sprint. So, I mean, is the end goal – Hopefully you get back to Rochester here in the coming weeks. You make the changes you needed to make. You get back to being the Trevor Hildenberger we saw, you know, end of 2017, you know, the first half of 2018, and eventually we see you back up here, whether it's mid-August, late August, or September.
1: Yeah, I hope so. That's the goal. Um, my goal is to make it back to the big leagues and contribute to this team down the stretch. You know, it's been a lot of fun watching these guys tear up the league and – uh through the first half of the season, um, now that they're in the second half, it's it's a big push. You know, um, it's a lot of baseball left, uh, and I hope that I can contribute at some point.
0: I mean, are you locked in? I mean, do you get your work in in Fort Myers in the morning? Then you know, like let's use Thursday night for example. Eddie Rosario hits the big home run. The Twins win the the opening game of the four game series against Oakland. I mean, are you watching whether it's on your iPad or on your TV? Just about every single game.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, I love watching my boys play, and um, watching them have success is, is the best feeling ever. Watching Taylor Rogers lock down two inning saves like three times a week has been incredible, um, and obviously the power that our lineup has shown has been so much fun to watch. Um, I was on my phone in bed last night watching, staying up late watching um, us have that come behind come from behind victory against Oakland. Um, I got my little MLB.tv TV um, app login info. Uh, all set. So, yeah, I watch as much as I can.
0: When you watch Taylor Rogers, what do you feel like makes him so good, so effective?
1: Um, obviously, I think he has two-plus pitches. I think his 93 to 96 two-seam fastball is really, really good. Um, and obviously the slider he's developed over the past year, year and a half, uh, has become devastating. You know, he used to throw that curveball a whole lot. It was around 77 miles an hour. But now this slider is just nails. Before I got sent down, me and him were catch play partners, and and playing catch with him was the easiest thing ever. He hit me in the chest whenever he wanted, all the time, every throw. I never was chasing balls. I never had to jump for him or catch him on a short hop. Um, He's got really good command. He knows what makes him good. He knows how to get hitters out. He knows how to make adjustments. Um, I think he pitches lefties and righties exactly the same. I mean, he has success against them similarly. He doesn't push them the same. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he's – not only does he have good stuff, but he's got a good brain in between those ears. So, uh, he's going to be a good reliever for a long time, and I hope we uh, we capitalize off that.
0: We'll leave you with this, Trevor. I mean, how much are you paying attention to what Derek and Thad are trying to accomplish? I mean, whether it's, you know, mashing on social media or going to MLB trade rumors. I mean, with the trade deadline fast approaching, are you curious to see – I guess specifically what arm or arms the front office adds?
1: Yeah, I'm curious. I know that um, Derek and Dad are going to do everything in their power to to set this team up to make a run for the championship, and I'm excited to see what they do. But I'm not reading trade rumors or checking Twitter or anything. I think uh, the way it unfolds is the way it unfolds. Whether I hear about a rumor a week before it happens doesn't really make a difference. Um, but I know those. I trust those guys to do their jobs. They've obviously – put together this incredible team. Every move in the offseason has worked out great, so um, I'm looking forward to what they do.
0: Trevor, thank you for doing this. We wish you nothing but the best, and hopefully we see you back here in the Twin Cities in the very near future.
1: Uh, Appreciate it, Darren. Thanks for calling. I hope to see you back in the Twin Cities too.
0: Trevor Hildenberger, one of the good guys, and I think we forget oftentimes how good he was back end of 2017, front end of 2018, then in April of this year. His stuff can still play if he's working through those mechanical issues. I would not forget about Trevor Hildenberger helping the Twins' bullpen, whether it's the end of this year or sometime In the future, on the Twins adding an arm or two, I still see it happening. I'll give you the latest I have after I play back a conversation I had with Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey. I talked with Derek on Monday afternoon at Target Field. Derek, are you holding up after? Well, I mean, it's been a roller coaster here for a number of weeks, but certainly the last few
2: days. Yeah, I think anytime you play uh, a season where you're playing meaningful games into the trade deadline and going into the second half is a great, great sign. Now, uh, I feel the emotions just as any fan does at home when you're watching games that go back and forth. I think our guys are fighting. You know, We've played, since we came out of the break, had to go play Cleveland, go take two or three down there, which is a great sign. Come back here, have a tough couple of games against the Mets, but then go play. I mean, the athletics have been playing about as good a baseball as anybody in the game, so we've played two really good teams you know to start out the break the Mets were playing pretty well when we saw them we're going to
0: continue to see that here with the Yankees but we just got to keep keep fighting I mean I suppose if I had told you on March 25th that at about the 100 game mark you'd be 22 games over 500 You'd be in first. You really wouldn't have any significant injuries. I'm guessing you would have said, okay, I'll take that. Yeah, sign me up, right? I would say that if you're playing meaningful games now, with
2: the, as you just said, with the record we have, with what we've accomplished to date, we've weathered the storm to some degree with some injuries, keeping guys, trying to get everyone back on the field. You know, we're excited about Byron Buxton continuing to progress back toward the field. We've had some other setbacks along the way, but I think that if we're
0: at full strength playing the way we need to be playing, we can compete with anybody out there. Are you surprised, though? I mean, maybe it's just a lot of the Indians playing, like, at a 120-win pace, yeah. but that the fact in about, what, five, six weeks they've made up about eight games? You know, not surprised, right? The, the reality of a
2: season is we, we have to go out and take care of our business. We, we can't control what Cleveland does. We knew they were a good team. We knew that early on maybe they didn't play to the best of their abilities. They've played about as well as anybody in the game the last four to five weeks, as you've said. But I think our our goal now is to continue to just focus on what we can control, which is play the best baseball we can. And at the end of the day, we got a lot of games left with them. Uh, we've got a lot of games left in our division, so hopefully it puts us in a good position going into September. You brought up Byron fire- buxton's name what is the latest on byron yeah byron continues to progress back from his concussion like symptoms and uh he threw and and ran and moved around again today feels really good i think we're progressing back toward there's a final stage in those concussion uh, protocols that need to be cleared at the major league level not at the team level so i think uh, i'm hopeful that we are talking through that over the next couple of days
0: Okay, but not in the lineup today, maybe not in the lineup tomorrow?
2: Yep, not in the lineup today, not active today. Uh, we'll see about tomorrow. I think if everything goes well today, we could see something moving as quickly as tomorrow, but I'm hopeful at worst maybe uh, the middle of the week. And then C.J. Chrome back on the injured list with the thumb injury? Yeah, C.J., we gave him a little bit of downtime there on the last IL placement to uh, give him some time to rest it and see how his thumb felt after that. You know, He had a couple of times now where he swung and it didn't quite feel where it needed to. Uh, we went and pr- proceeded with a little bit more aggressive form of treatment the last couple of days to get him in a good place. It's going to take him a little bit of downtime here over the next uh, seven days or so, but we fully expect that this approach, hopefully, it will put him in a much better position going forward. How happy are you at Miguel Sano's body of work the last three weeks? I think what Miguel has done, we all, we all hoped we'd see this of Miguel. You know, a consistent play up here. He's physically in a good spot, continues to put his body in a great place. He's played good defense over there. But I think what's really stood out for me is the quality of the bats. You know, he seems to have such a good feel for the strike zone right now. I think we've seen at times in the past, guys with heavy right-handed sliders may, you know, may get to him a little bit more. You know, he's laying off those pitches from some tough pitchers and then taking some big at-bats. That home run the other night to, you know, in a big spot late in the game, those things uh, you can't train for. Those are moments you have to go out and perform, and he's done a great job with that
0: you look at some of the clutch situations in particular the last six weeks or so, I mean, you guys have had a lot of opportunities, guys on second, third base, and just haven't come up with that big hit enough.
2: Yeah, it's, it's certainly been frustrating for the guys more than anything else because we've played, you know, I looked at it just over the weekend, over the Oakland series, I think we had the best OPS in the game over those four days, but we had some moments where we had runners on base where we could have knocked a few more in, and I th- I'm sure there was some disappointment there. It certainly was across the board. What I would say is that when I look at our team and I look at the way we go about it, we've been in... We've either won games or been in the game up until the last at-bat, the last really two weeks since we've come back from the break. That's a great sign. That means you're playing really tight games, tough baseball. It's stressful for everybody, for the players, for the fans, for us here. But I would say that that's a sign that your team is fighting to the
0: finish, and you're going to win some more games along the way when that happens. We saw one of those yesterday. Call me nuts. I think you're actually getting the Yankees at a fun time. It's a litmus test. Why not, right? Bring on the big, bad Yankees.
2: Sure. I mean, New York Yankees are a great team. You know, we know that. They've played, uh, we talked about the A's and Indians as among the best teams the last month. Well, the Yankees are right there with them. So we play three teams here right out the chute here as we start the second half that are as good as they are. The Yankees are a great team. They're deep. Uh, they have great position players. They have great pitching. Aaron Boone's a great manager. I, I think that's a, overall such
0: a good team that uh, we're going we're gonna to be tested over the next few days. Days to go until the trade deadline. Where are things at right now?
2: I, I think it's, you know, this time of year, I always look back and see what transpired a year ago at this time. And I think, uh, un- unfortunately, sometimes we want it to come a little more quickly. The reality is, as we get closer to the deadline, more more activity starts to shake out. There's a lot of conversations happening, uh, not a lot of traction, so, quote, so to speak. But I would say that we'll know a lot more, uh, you know, in those five days leading into the deadline, it's my guess. What about you guys setting the market?
0: I mean, have you thought about, hey, we'll be aggressive, we'll make them an offer that they just can't refuse? Yeah, I think you know, it's
2: something that we've talked about and maybe at times have, have done. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, it takes two sides to make a deal, and you can't necessarily control the other side. You know, we know that over the last few seasons, for whatever reason, those last few days going into the deadline is when most of the activity occurs. Certainly there are a few trades prior to that, but uh, I would expect that uh, the, the market dynamics will be really consistent with what it's been before.
0: I mean, is it a matter of
2: when, not if, that you are going to make at least one trade, if not multiple? Well, I think you, you never can stamp anything right now until anything's actually concluded. I, you know, we're actively working that market to try and find ways to to improve this club. I do believe that the, the core of our team going forward and the core of our success, whatever success we have the remainder of the year, is going to come from the group that's in that clubhouse right now. Now, supplements to that group, that's our job in trying to figure out how we can find it. But I, I fully expect that we're going to have some really good conversations coming up here soon uh, that will lead to some opportunities for us to improve the team. Is
0: the number one need pitching? I mean, is it Somebody to start and you would move somebody to the pen? Is it a reliever? Is it multiple relievers? Well, I think you're talking about all the things we're talking about, which is how do we most
2: impact the team? And sometimes it's uh, maybe not always in the most orthodox fashion. You might think that it's one type of player at one position or one location. You know, we may think about, as you've said, if there are ways to add to our starting rotation, our pitching depth, is there a way to add to the bullpen at the same time? You know, those things are all part of the equation, and uh, we'll continue to... to to look through it but I would say that we're focused more on the pitching side right now probably than we are on the position player side doesn't mean something that will com- could come up but I would say that right now we're focused on how do we improve our overall pitching depth
0: be open-minded to moving somebody off the 25-man roster? Like, if somebody said, hey, we like that player, we'll give you this, this, and this, but we really want that player, but he's on your 25-man. Yeah, I, you know,
2: I always I view it this way. We can't say no to anything without knowing what it is, right, and, and what the alternatives are, and I think that it's always hard certainly to trade off a Major League team, but anytime you're doing deals, you're giving up value, and it's painful regardless, so I just think we need to hear out any team's potential proposal opportunity, see where the matches are in terms of need and fit on both sides and what clubs are looking for uh, and we'll work to conclusion. But our goal is to try and put this team in the best position it can be in going forward and, and we'll see if we can find matches to do so.
0: Called a Cody up, but not Cody Allen. What are the reports about Cody Allen? Cody continues to progress.
2: I think you know he, he certainly didn't start off the way he wanted to this year in Anaheim. I think he knew some things were a little out of whack uh, mechanically or otherwise, not quite where he needed to be. Uh, he's continuing to progress. We had some plans in place early on to try and get him to where to where he needed. Uh, over the last couple of days, he you know, dealt with a little bit of stiffness, uh, you know, because stiff neck, got s- slept on it a little bit, funny once. Uh, but outside of that, you know, he's he's starting to show some signs of what we really want him to see, which is consistent command and in consistent pitches, I know the kid as, as well as anybody and the competitor he is. I'm hoping we're putting him in the best position uh, to be successful going forward and that he can be an option at some point for us.
0: And I'll leave you with this. The Cody that's here. I mean, he's earned this, right? I mean, the numbers at AAA are are great. Yeah, Cody Cody Stashak, he's earned every bit of this. He's a kid who uh, has continued to progress through
2: the minor leagues. If you look at his numbers in the minor leagues, he's always had good strikeout numbers, ability to command the ball. He's got a good slider. He's got good command of his fastball. I think this is a guy who uh, may have been a little bit under the radar this offseason for most, wasn't for us internally, felt like if he takes another step forward, especially with the command of that breaking ball, that he could be someone who could help us up here. He's earned every bit of it in AAA, the way he's pitched. You go and look at how he's pitched over the last month. It's among the better relievers down there. So we wanted to find a way to get another guy with a good breaking ball and maybe a chance to fit into this this group and this rotation, and I'm excited to see him pitch.
0: Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey. I appreciate his honesty and his openness. He brought up the name Aaron Boone. Actually, after Derek Falvey took over the Twins front office, he had interest in hiring Aaron Boone. So he's not lying when he says that the Yankees have a great manager. He really has a healthy opinion of Aaron Boone. All right, on the trade front, where to begin? Late last week, John Paul Morrissey, who does a great job covering Magic Baseball for MLB Network for MLB.com tweeted that the Twins had a scout at that Mets Giants game, Syndergaard against Bumgarner. Guess what? And I get it. It's a note. It blew up on social media. The Twins have not only scouted those guys, they've scouted a lot of guys. I mean, that's what they do. That is their professional livelihood. They are breaking down film. They are breaking down the analytics left and right. They have a lengthy list of pitchers that they have called on, that they have watched. I mean, you name the pitcher – there's a very good chance the Twins have had a scout watch, said pitcher, in the last few weeks. Whether it's the Mariners relievers, the Royals relievers, Shane Green with Detroit, Toronto's guys, including Marcus Stroman. They were at his last start. The Twins are casting an incredibly wide net. The prices are a bit all over the place right now. I know, Twins fans, I know you're antsy. But hey, would it make any sense for the Twins to move Alex Kirillov right now for a rental pitcher? Somebody like Will Smith. I mean, those are the types of prices that we're talking about. Right this second, there is a belief, Derek said in the last five days, I think maybe more so the last 72 hours, like early next week, that's when the prices will come down. I will say this much, I will be shocked, incredibly shocked, and not a lot shocks me anymore. I've been doing this now 23 years, so I've seen a lot in the world of sports, but I will be shocked if the Twins don't add at least one arm, and I think they end up adding at least two. Too. i just think the prices right now are really high and those teams will have to come down in terms of what they are asking for but the twins are ready to strike make no mistake about that the trade deadline is wednesday the 31st at three o'clock central i'm telling you expect the twins to be active falvey touched on crone being back on the injured list with that thumb injury i caught up briefly with cj in the clubhouse here is cj crone on his thumb injury I was just actually talking to Derek, and I think the press release came to my inbox at the same time that, that you're back on the injured list. Just take us through what's, what's
3: going on with the thumb. Uh, honestly, just been bothering me for a while. Um, we thought doing the 10-day DL over the All-Star break, I mean, it's, it's been bothering me for a good month month plus now, so it's nothing new. Um, but we thought that 10 days around the All-Star break would be enough. Um, I tried to come back. I think I played four or five games returning, and it just wasn't right. Um, it's affecting my swing. It's it's hard for me to try to try to get through the zone and stuff like that. And I think uh, other teams knowing my thumbs hurt doesn't help either. I'm getting a lot of pitches inside, and it's just it's hard for me to get to that right now. And um, so we got an injection yesterday, and hopefully hopefully that'll accelerate this process, and we can try to get some of that inflammation out, calm it down a little bit, and hopefully we want to do this again. Okay, so the injection
0: yesterday. I mean, is it just now for the next few days? You don't even pick up a bat. Like, what what do the next few days look like?
3: Yeah, well, uh, we're gonna let the medicine work. I think for a little bit, um, I definitely won't pick up a bat for the next probably four or five days. Um, hopefully, at that point, uh, a lot of the inflammation's gone, um, and then hopefully we can we can reevaluate it and see what's going on. But I think uh, the aspirations of this team is a lot bigger than 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 a lot of other teams in this league. So, um, getting our team healthy and um, getting guys in the spot they need to be in come late in August in September, I think, super important. So, hopefully. Take 10 more now, and uh, hopefully we can get taken care of.
0: One other Twins note on this episode of the Scoop Podcast, episode 245. Today is Tuesday, the 23rd of July, the Twins over the last few days had four scouts in Chicago. It was the Under Armour All-American game and a bunch of international prospects had a showcase as well. So the work never stops the Twins working on the 2020 draft. No local players taking part in that Under Armour game at Wrigley Field, but a lot of really good high school players, a lot of guys that will go in the first round next June. In case you missed it on the last episode of the Scoop podcast, Wolves and Lynx owner Glenn Taylor joined for like a solid 20 minutes. He was great at least on the Lynx front on Odyssey Sims, how her issue off the court was handled internally. He had an update on Maya Moore. Then on the Wolves, he was great on the recruitment of D'Angelo Russell, having a heart-to-heart with Andrew Wiggins in Vegas, injury updates on Jeff Teague and Robert Covington, the decision to not match on Tyus Jones, and much more. So Glenn Taylor on Scoop Podcast episode 200 and 44. I know that Score North's Danny Cunningham is working on a Wolves story. It's interesting what's going on with second round pick Jalen Noel. He actually had a tweet over the weekend referencing that, hey, he understands that this is a business, but damn, that's in reference, and he deleted that tweet, by the way, but it was there. Enough people captured screenshots. That was in reference to contract negotiations. And I know that Danny Cunningham will have an update here pretty quick, if not already, on scorenorth.com on that situation, but it sounds like it's been a sticky situation trying to get Jalen Noel signed and the Wolves had some hiccups negotiating with Jared Culver before they went all in offering him the max and they went low on Tyus Jones right I mean they offered him four years About $18 million. He got more than that. Now, hey, maybe they thought they could get him on a low offer. Heck, the Twins got Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco on team-friendly deals. So it happens. I guess if you're a team, you make the offer. But I just know that when it comes to the Noel situation, it is absolutely interesting and sticky. Let's transition now to some football. Rashid Hageman is now a couple days into Atlanta Falcons camp, the former Gopher. Rashid Hageman is back in the NFL after about a two-year break. He had multiple off-the-field issues. He actually has to serve a two-game suspension at the start of the season, but he's incredibly grateful to be given this second opportunity after multiple issues off the field. I caught up with him before he took off for Falcons training camp. I caught up with him at a training session. Six foot seven, 325 pounds. He's in phenomenal shape. He never gave up on himself. He's got some good people in his corner. Here's my conversation recently with Rashid hageman former star at minneapolis washburn high school had all sorts of opportunities coming out of high school and ended up at the university of minnesota was decorated enough to end up going i mean he could have been a first round pick in 2014 ends up going early second round to atlanta so it's come full circle he is now back with the falcons i caught up with Rashid before he took off for falcons training camp here is that conversation Rashid, take us through your excitement level. It's been one heck of a journey the last couple of years. You're back. You've been given another opportunity, another opportunity in Atlanta. How excited are you?
4: Uh, I'm very excited. You know, second chances don't really uh, come, uh, you know, that often. So uh, being able to get a second chance at things, you know, I'm doing the things I should have did the first time, which is, you know, just working out harder, you know, and just learning the game a lot more. But uh, overall, yeah, I'm 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 very excited. I mean, I'm not jumping for joy right now, but camp is right, you know right around the corner. So uh, when that approaches, I'll probably be more you know uh, you know hyper, just you know more excited for that.
0: You're right. I mean, a lot of guys aren't given second opportunities. How did you make sure that you put yourself in a position to get a second opportunity?
4: Well, really, it's just you know uh, learning from our mistakes. You know, the people who uh, you know my uh, old coach told me, you know, if you don't learn from your past doing to repeat it repeated. so just uh, set myself up you know for uh, you know the you know the future and just being able to learn from my mistakes and learning about the perception of athlete you know obviously we're under the microscope so just uh, understanding that and just moving different when you say
0: understand I mean what have you done to work on yourself to really fully understand what it means to be a professional athlete
4: to be honest I've uh, kind of um, You know, classes, I took a lot of classes, you know, just to learn about, you know, ways to prevent, you know, different situations. And I feel like a lot of athletes are too, too prideful to do that, you know, to ask for help. And I definitely let my guard down and, you know, reached out to, you know, people who, you know, really care about me and, you know, sit down and kind of learn about myself and just learn about just the outside world and just the perception. So I feel like me, you know, letting my guard down to ask for help, you know, Kind of uh you know just help me through this process,
0: who are some of those people? who are some of those mentors that that you lean on
4: so uh daventry who owns game face uh, he def I definitely leaned on him i 've been working out with him for the past three years when I was out for the past two years i 've been here every day working out and even helping out the kids here as well, you know to kind of uh ground them and kind of teach them the ropes about my situation, my story, and how the perception is just for an athlete. So, I've definitely leaned on him, and just a lot of people just, you know, back at high school, you know, uh, Giovanni Jenkins, my high school coach, you know, we've definitely uh, sat back and had some heart to hearts just about, you know, stuff like this. Because at the end of the day, adversity is going to hit. It's not if, it's when. And, you know, when it does, you got to be able, you know, t- to uh, be prepared for it. So,
0: did you ever come close to giving up, to just saying, you know what, it's just, it's not worth it. I just, I can't do this anymore?
4: Uh, you know, there were times where things weren't going my way, you know, uh, just with the whole agents, just the agents and just what it looked like for me, you know, the first year, not th- knowing if I was going to get picked up. There were times where, uh, you know, I did want to quit, but it was just at the end of the day, I couldn't see the light through the tunnel. So I had to keep on moving forward and just the, uh, you know, just being here and just working out, you know, it was, there was always a chance. So I just kept on fighting for it.
0: How great is it that you're right there? Back in Atlanta, I mean, there were some other teams interested, but I mean, it's like full circle that you're right back where you started.
4: I love it. I love it. And uh, you know, to sit down with Arthur Blank, you know, and him giving me his perspective, and you know, him being in my corner as well. I just, it was, it was just meant to be. Really, I just felt like it was just like aligned in the universe. And I feel like as soon as I, you know, got the uh, okay to go back to Atlanta, you know, it just, it was a little, you know. Um, little weird going back you know you know just old feelings came back but it was just you know I I really feel like it was supposed to happen you know to sit back with uh Dan Quinn and just the whole Falcon uh uh, staff you know they you know welcomed me back with you know open arms so it was it was just it was just a great feeling like I there's no other place I'd rather be than Atlanta so
0: what was it like putting those pads back on well I guess you haven't even really right I mean OTAs minicamp just that helmet but I guess more so the helmet and I guess what will that feeling be like in just what a couple of days really where you do put the pads back on
4: yeah the funny part is like when I was out for the two years I used to like man I wish I could be out there you know uh you know working or working so hard to where I could pass out or work out with the guys or lifting weights to where like now that I was there at the OTAs it's just it's it's just a whole different type of feeling and I kind of you know uh learned how to take that for granted for the you know the two day the two years I was off you know I, I was really more uh More um, locked in, and so now that I'm, you know, back uh, at OTAs, you know, it's I'm just a whole different mindset.
0: How accepting are you of what the NFL handed to you, which is a two-game suspension?
4: You know what, I can't complain. I can't complain because I'm back in the, you know, I'm I'm back on my feet. I'm I'm back in Atlanta, and I'm, uh, you know, back on the team. So uh, two games, I'll take that, and I'll just uh, keep it moving. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just excited to be here, and I'm thankful. So. The two games I'm not going to complain about. You know, I'm just going to take it like a man and just continue to move.
0: And I complained. I wanted to see you play the Vikings week one.
4: You know what? I felt like the fact when I found out we played the Vikings, that was like the ultimate punishment for me. And I was like, you know what? I'll take that, you know, at the end of the day. And the funny part is, it'll probably be a less cheap just for the tickets, you know. So I felt like that was also a good and bad. You know, a lot of people would have probably reached out for tickets. So I guess it's a good and bad as well
0: you come close at all to signing with the vikings
4: uh not that i know of just you know there's a lot of uh you know gossip you know that uh you know teams talk or whatever but i didn't really have an agent you know at that time so i really wasn't uh kind of in the uh you know like just in the midst of the conversations. but i've heard a lot of things about you know the vikings being interested but you know as soon as you know the falcons you know you know pulled their plug you know they definitely reached out so i got more of a connection and more of you know just uh conversation with the Falcons than I did with the Vikings.
0: Player-wise, I mean, what do you still have in you? I mean, can you play both defensive tackle positions? Are you more a three technique or more a nose tackle? Just where are you at player-wise right now?
4: Player-wise, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm playing inside, man. You know, I'm definitely uh, inside, you know, I, I mean, just with the trenches. So uh, zero technique to three technique. I mean, I, and I'm just more of a vet, you know, just kind of in my mindset, just how to take care of my body and just what to prepare for, you know, so I don't really have any more distraction, you know, I kind of, you know, it's like I always tell my guys, like the two years I was out, I really had to, you know, uh, you know, uh, work out my mind. You know, I was mentally uh, stuck. You know, just with everything that was going on. But to, to answer your question, is there a technique with where I feel like comfortable going one-on-one with the center, but just clogging holes and you know, uh, getting pressure so the quarterback's uncomfortable? That's my job.
0: And physically, I mean, you look to be in great shape. I mean, I guess with the less wear and tear of the last couple of years, just from a physical standpoint, you feel like your body is in a really good spot.
4: Well, I mean, when you work out for two years and you watch, you know, your guys play, uh, you know, um, play, you know, NFL on the TV or whatnot, you know, it's, it motivates you. And I've been working out hard, like, you know, almost every day, you know, because I don't really have nothing to do other than uh, stay in shape. So I, it kind of, it, it kind of, I was kind of, uh, it was, was kind of, you know, more of a job. I wouldn't say a job. It was just more of like uh, something that I was used to, you know, come up, coming to work every day, working out. It was just something that I was, you know, like. It was part of me. You feel me? So uh, I mean, but yeah, working out every day, you know, grinding. So like just this offseason, it wasn't that hard to get back into it because this is what I do now. I've been doing it for two years, so it wasn't that hard to, you know, catch back up.
0: And from a life standpoint, I mean, in a good spot, are you married now? I mean, where are you at just life-wise?
4: Ooh, man, sweating now. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You know, my girl, uh, who, you know, held me down for the most part, you know, Gabrielle, you know, she's been uh, doing her thing with the whole yoga thing. And that's where, you know, the working out and the yoga kind of went in perspective or whatnot. But, uh, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to, you know, glue things together, man. It's a lot of pressure, but, uh, uh, I'm 28 now. So it's, everything's starting to come in perspective and, uh, She's definitely the contender, and, and the only one, the only contender. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working. I'll
3: leave
0: on you it. with this. It's yeah. an easier one. How much do you pay attention to your alma mater? I mean, how happy are you that that the Gophers finally got the axe back at the end of last year? And it seems like PJ Fleck has the program on the rise.
4: You know what? Uh, Flex uh, got a whole different, uh, you know, vibe there. You know, he, just, you know, j- just with his recruiting as well. He's he's got a, a, a lot of uh, top star recruiting. And when I found out they won, you know, the axe or whatnot, I was I was even more excited because. It's been forever, and anytime uh, you know stuff like that happens, that's definitely a, a, a shift in the culture and in the vibe he has for you know the Gophers. So I'm always you know uh, you know Sky Yuma and every time uh, I hear about the things he's got going on, it just things for me to brag about to you know my other guys who you know who are Big Ten or whatnot. So I'm, I'm excited for the shift.
0: Most, if not all of us, are not perfect. I'm a believer in giving people second chances. Yes, maybe some people have deeper warts than others but Rashid Aghamen mentally physically is in a good spot so I'm rooting for him no guarantees that he even makes the Falcons 53 but I'm telling you just watching him go through a workout I'm telling you if the Falcons don't end up keeping him I would be surprised if somebody else I know the Patriots have had some interest in the past actually the Vikings have had some interest I guess I would be surprised if the Falcons let him go if he doesn't land on somebody else's roster I think the story is great just him overcoming so much, not playing in the NFL for a couple of years. So many guys would have thrown in the towel, would have said, I just can't do this physically, mentally anymore, but he stayed motivated. The number one guy, he brought up the name, the number one guy that kept Rashid motivated is the owner of Game Face Training here in the Twin Cities. It is DaVentry Jordan. Here is my conversation with Jordan on him getting Rashid back to a really good spot. Rashid looks like physically he's in a great spot. Talking to him mentally, he's in a great spot. I mean, it seems like he's
5: ready to rock and roll for training camp. Yeah, he is. Um, he's really focused. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes when you fall down, you know, the only way is up from there. So uh, he's extremely focused. He's ready to go. He's going to be a big contributor this year for his team. When you say fall down, though, oftentimes those who fall down stay down. How did you play a role in getting him to stand up? Well, you know, it was, <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a long process. It was days that. You know, he came in and didn't want to work out. And, you know, there was other people that kind of went through the same similar situations that he went through that were given opportunities. And, you know, I just have to tell him, like, listen, your journey, your path is going to be different. Um, There's a reference that I always use. I said, "Um, the miracles are made and not what you've lost, but what you have left. I was like, you know, we just got to keep grinding. Your opportunity is going to come. I mean, how did you know, though, the opportunity would come? A lot of guys aren't given a second chance. You know, when you meet a guy like Rashid and you see the way that he moves – and the way that he plays football, he's 6'7", 325-pound guy who moves like a wide receiver. You know, I knew somebody gave him an opportunity.
0: I mean, does he look like the guy that coming out of the U? I mean, heck, he could have easily been a first-round pick, mm-hmm. ends up getting to the second round. But, I mean, he was, he was one of the elite prospects, that particular NFL
5: draft. Does he remind you of the guy back then? He reminds me of a better person now. Um, he's stronger, he's more physical, he's more agile, and he's smarter.
0: Let's put a bow on this episode of the Scoop Podcast going on three and a half years strong. I have some conversations on future Scoop Podcasts with Adam Thielen. I was at Adam Thielen's workout the other day. Also there was Ryan Connolly. Also there was, well, former Viking offensive lineman Brian Witzman, but I didn't talk to him. But J.C. Hassanauer, Eastridge High School, Pittsburgh Steelers Center. So I have conversations with Thielen, Connolly, Hassenauer. I cut up recently with one of my neighbors, Anders Lee of the New York Islanders, on re-signing with New York. I was at a workout recently with Nick Bukestead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, lots of cool interviews to get to in the coming days and weeks here on the Scoop Podcast. Plus, plenty to track when it comes to the Twins trade deadline. And I'll be at Vikings training camp almost every day for the next handful of weeks. So, I'll have plenty, presumably plenty, Of Vikings content to bring you and there's always something going on with the Wolves even though this is a little bit of a downtime but the roster is ever-changing so we'll make sure that we pay close attention to that Gophers basketball Gophers football so much going on we'll try to cover as much as we can right here On the Scoop Podcast. And if you're a big Wilds fan, I had a conversation with Bruce Boudreaux on this podcast going back about a week, week and a half, two weeks. Bruce was phenomenal on all their happenings this summer. So we try to cover every single team in town to the best of our ability. Thank you so much for checking out the Scoop Podcast. Did you know that sixty-one percent of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.
5: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.